Hello, world one. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where we have discussions. Why did I just mess that interview? That oh, that's not how I do this. Oh my gosh, I, I messed up. Okay, record. I'm. You know what, people? I'm just. I'm going to redo this thing because I'm not going to edit because I don't. You know, I have to pay someone to edit my stuff when I made mistakes. But I'm going to go ahead and do this, okay? Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I bring in someone who's dope, and we just have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Today, I am with Dr. Samantha Fessage, who is a professor, people, doing it big time. She is the author of a new book coming out, Edumagic, from Edumatch Publishing, via the one and only Dr. Sarah Thomas. I wanted to bring Dr. Fessage on uh, because her book is really interesting, aimed at pre-service teachers and talking a, a lot of things about technology, PLN, going digital, all of those things to where when you have my job, and the new teachers show up, and they don't know anything about technology, then I start to wonder what you learn in your pre-service program uh, because you're not prepared. Uh, so we're gonna have her talk about her book, great questions, and uh, hopefully you will purchase the book and be inspired to purchase and share with others as well. So for those who will be watching in the future on YouTube or listening on iTunes, I don't know, well, I say iTunes sometimes. iTunes or SoundCloud. Dr. Fessage, will you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Dr. Fessage. I teach pre-service teachers at Grove City College, which is north of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Um, I teach all about ed tech, so hopefully they are coming to instructional technologists like you prepared and ready to go with technology. And then this semester, I'm also teaching some courses in special education. But before that, um, I got a PhD. Um, Penn State and learning design and technology. It was a fantastic experience and I owe all that to um, learning about ed tech during my teaching days as a special ed teacher and just seeing how technology can make the impossible possible with students with special needs. It was fantastic. So everything just kind of leads to leads to another thing in education and I'm so excited for this this book to come out for pre-service teachers um, all about ed tech and making the most out of your college career. So yeah, pretty excited. Excellent. So you are the author of Edumagic. What was the pain point for writing the book? Sure. Um, so oftentimes pre-service teachers feel that they don't have a voice or anything to share in the, in the community of education, whether that be due to lack of experience or time in the classroom. But oh my gosh, that is so wrong. They have so many ideas and strategies, tools, techniques to share with the teaching community. And we all want to learn from each other because we're all better together. So I just wanted to shine a light on pre-service teachers, share their stories, give them a voice, share it with the world, all the cool things that they are doing to be educators of excellence. Whenever they are ready to get those jobs, they're hitting the ground running and they are, they're ready to go. So I just wanted to shine a light on pre-service teachers and say, hey, they do have a voice, they have something to say, and it's gonna be cool. And we should all, we should all listen to one another and gain from each other's experiences. Mm. Since going one-to-one -one at several schools in our district, the one constant work that I have to do 
is make, working with new teachers to make sense of everything, uh, particularly when it comes to technology integration, because you know we're one-to-one, you have all these Chromebooks, we have a learning management system, we're a Google school, and they walk in and it's like, oh, how should an instructional technologists and administrators work with new teachers in getting started? Sure. So oftentimes in the ed tech class that I teach, um, we could go many different ways. We can talk about Google. We can talk about Microsoft Office. We can talk about LMS XYZ. Um, so I don't know what school they're going to be going to whenever they graduate. They don't know. So getting them a variety of opportunities is key. So I think it's important to meet them where they are. So as an instructional technologist working with a new teacher, maybe ask them, well, what tools are you familiar with? Are you familiar with Google, Microsoft Suite? And then from there, if they're familiar with Google and it's a Microsoft school, try to equate what they're familiar with with the tool that the district uses. So, you know, Microsoft um, online documents, you can collaborate just like you can in Google Docs, but this is how you do it here, that type of stuff. So kind of meet them where they're at, provide them with resources for more information and professional development on their own time. Because um, I think the, those first few weeks of, of school as a new teacher is a little overwhelming, but providing them with resources and follow up, whether that be through newsletters or staff meetings or whatever it may be, um, giving them the information and then following up with them and saying, hey, how, did you try that technique yet? How's that going? How's that supporting your students? Um, and then sometimes whenever I did some instructional tech coaching, I would go into the classroom with the teacher. Sometimes just having that person there who knows the tech maybe a little bit better than you do as a backup plan could be helpful. So just in case something happens, you know, you still have somebody else to fall back on and that they can help you out. And encourage them to try something new, take a risk. It's okay if you mess up, you know, you'll be there to support them. Just, you know, follow up and follow through with, with different um, strategies and just give them stuff to get excited about. Like, hey, I saw that Miss So-and-so tried this in the classroom. Would you want to try it too? And this is how we did it and show how it helps students learning. I think just providing them with supports in person or virtually could help too. So you work with pre-service teachers. What would you say is the greatest learning curve and them learning how to teach with technology? And what happens to your students after being in your classes, they get hired, they get to a school and they see, and, and the administrators there think of technology as a gimmick? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that having them learn how to use technology with a purpose and making it meaningful is, is the most important thing. It's so easy to implement a new tool because you learn about it at a conference and it's shiny and new and glittery and you want to use it right away. But think about the meaning behind it. How is it going to help your students learn? Is it going to help them learn in a different way or maybe give them a different perspective? Is it going to show them, um, be able to, is, is it going to be able to help the students show what they know in a different way by using this technology tool? So being able to answer some of those questions and how it's going to help your students learning, I think could really help with then going to the administration and saying, here's a cool, here's a tool I want to use and here's how it's going to help my students learning. I would say even invite them into your class to see, see it being used and implemented uh, properly and meaningfully, obviously linked to the standards and best practices. And if, if you if you can, if you can give them the numbers or data to show, hey, here's the students, if you're using um, a formative assessment tool, show the data. I think that's, I think showing administration how it works and why it works is important um, and helping them maybe change that mindset a little bit. As we look at innovation and going digital, what kind of instructional practices and strategies do you recommend pre-service teachers have in their back pocket? 
So I think it's important to get the students involved in their learning, not just sit and get or teach the way we were taught or because that's the way we we're taught and that's the way it is. I think mixing it up a little bit and getting the students involved in the learning. So don't just like deliver content, but get students engaged in it. For example, uh, don't just show a presentation, but have students like um, uh, getting involved in the learning, for example, doing a formative assessment tool within it or doing a brainstorming strategy or opening up a Padlet. Um, some of my favorite uh, tools of the moment are um, classroom screen where you can have up on the screen um, a timer just for transition time for, for class stations or um, think pair shares. Uh, you can have up there um, a welcome message and things that they need to be doing so you're keeping yourself on track. Um, getting students into using Flipgrid for reflection, maybe that would be kind of cool, and, uh, or brainstorming. So before class, they have to do a Flipgrid video, and then you, you can play those during class and get people into groups by what their thoughts were on the topic. Um, so being able to engage your students in learning, not just sit in, sitting and getting information, but having them be a part of it. Mm. So we talk about a lot on Twitter, about the digital presence and it, 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 it so you know what i, I lost I, this, this is what gets me like i wrote my dissertation on teachers using twitter for professional development and i didn't do anything with it i didn't write a book i didn't capitalize on it because for me twitter was old new right i have been on twitter for years uh wrote the dissertation i'm like oh okay i'm good but when you go to conferences most people aren't on Twitter. And there are people even at ISTE where you would think, wow, this is a connected conference. There are still teachers who attend who are not on uh, Twitter and they're not thinking about their digital presence at all. Uh, how important is it for new teachers to be on top of their digital presence? And what would you say are the top three ways that teachers can bolster their digital presence? It is so important to own your digital presence. It is yours. You need to own it. I mean, if you're not going to own it, I don't want to know who's going to because it's your presence. So you need to be out there pushing that professional stuff, making that public, keeping the personal stuff private. Nobody wants to see you with a red solo cup, but having that professional presence out there. No, I'm serious, right? Red Solo Cup, you all know what that means. <laughs> so um, so you, they need to be keeping up with their social media in a professional way, whether that be asking questions, sharing what they're learning about, sharing, a, I don't know, an awesome bulletin board that they made or a cool graphic or an infographic that created for a class. Just sharing what they're learning and what they're doing and starting to build that early in their college career as a professional will really help them in the long run. I've had students come back to me and say, you know what? Um, I was able to get a job because somebody Googled me and found my professional Twitter or they found my professional digital portfolio and they were able to see a little bit about me and learn, learn about what I'm all about as a teacher. So sharing what you're doing, engaging conversation, asking questions, following influential people that are going to build you up and encourage you are so important. And there, there's going to be weirdos that follow you, so just block them. And that's okay. <laughs> you don't have to follow somebody because they followed you. Really be picky about who you're following. And then my next one is to join a Twitter chat. Oh, my gosh. You will not 
Okay, if you're going to join a Twitter chat for the first time, I recommend doing it with a buddy and having like some coffee or something there beside you and, and take a deep breath afterwards because a Twitter chat can be craziness, but there's so much learning going on in a Twitter chat and you can connect with a lot of different people, get a lot of different perspectives, resources, ideas, and have side conversations with people based on that topic. It is, it's like drinking from a water fountain or a water or a fire hose when it comes to learning. It's incredible. Um, and then another thing about digital presence is if you have a digital portfolio or something where you're showcasing the work that you're doing, update it yearly or by semester. Don't be that senior waiting, you know, their senior year and updating it then because you're going to be overwhelmed and you won't remember all the great stuff that you're doing. So if you do it semester by semester or year by year, you'll be able to have a nice catalog that shows reflections, that shows growth, that shows these mm -hmm. different techniques and strategies that you've done in your college career as a beautiful final project product because your portfolio is never done. It's always a process and it shows progress. It shows your reflections. It shows your ideas. And it's such a great resource to be able to turn to in an interview or during um, whenever someone is looking, looking up online, you know, you can have that available for them to see. It, it, it's a great, great tool. So I want to throw this out there to you because I've met people who, say this is my personal uh twitter or facebook and this is my professional twitter or facebook and i and i'm like why are you separating the two like who you are is who you are in my opinion mm -hmm. and i have one it just you just have one rule don't post anything stupid uh because you know it is searchable Mm -hmm. uh, so what are your thoughts on, on those individuals who try to create this dichotomy between their professional and personal selves? I think um, for me, I, I just have one account. I don't have multiple um, accounts. I just have one and I'm a, I'm, I am who I am on, on all of those. But I don't post like personal things like family or anything like that. That's just me personally. Um, I think uh, working with, with students in college, it's a little bit different because they have all these personal connections on their social media that it is it is a different stage of life than it is as, as, a, as a teacher, as a practicing teacher. Um, I, would, I encourage them to get a professional account and tell their friends, you know, hey, this is my professional account. If you want to see what I'm doing in education, great, follow me. If you don't, then don't, don't follow me on this account. And that's okay. Um, I think as they grow in their teaching career, um, I had one student who came up to me at the end of a semester and said, you know what, I have more followers and people engaging conversation on, on my professional, uh, I think it was Twitter, Twitter account than I do on my personal. And oftentimes students will go and they'll delete their personal because it's not relative anymore to, to their lives. Um, does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There? Yeah, I think, I think it's just different stages of life when it comes to professional um, and personal accounts on social media for, for, this, for this specific audience. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I just tell people just be you, be real, you know, share what you share what you want to share of your personal life. But again, be smart about it. Right. If you're going to go to go to Cancun, understand that people got a smartphone. So don't go to Cancun and act a fool when because you're thinking, oh, I'm in another country and someone takes a photo or a video and now you're viral or it gets somewhere to now your principal is like, Oh, Miss Johnson, you were in that contest. <laughs> uh, that's, 
that's not how we do that around here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just try to tell people, you know, just be you, have a good time, uh, show personality because, you know, and, and I want to, and I guess that's a segue to our next question, because in your book, you talk about the power of the PLN and mm -hmm. connecting via social. And I've given so many presentations at conferences about a PLN. And as I mentioned earlier, so many of us aren't on Twitter. And it, and it seems like for those of us on Twitter, it's a bubble to where you can think everyone's on Twitter until you actually go to that conference and you're like, hey, you know, what's your Twitter? I'm not, not on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's for Beyonce. And I'm like, <laughs> no, man, <laughs> that's for you. Uh, because the the learning is just amazing, and I know you'll you'll get into that get into that. But please speak to the benefits of developing a PLN and how it can become an essential part of one's personal and professional growth. Absolutely! Oh my gosh, the power of the PLN. It, my PLN is my lifeline, and these are the people that I go to for support and encouragement. They challenge me to do better and be better for students. I get so many ideas and strategies from Twitter. People ask, "Oh, how'd you learn about that?" Twitter. Um, so all the tools in my in my ed tech course they're revamped pretty much every every semester, and I get those ideas from Twitter. What are people, actual teachers, using in their classrooms? And and you go to Twitter and you will find all the, all of the things. Um, so it is my greatest greatest resource. A PLN, um, I use it to bounce ideas off of. Hey, what do you think about this strategy? Has anyone ever tried this before? Um, answer questions like I will ask a question out to my PLN, and I'll more than likely get a response back from somebody you know who really invests in you and wants to see you do do well. Um, they give ideas, strategies, tools that maybe you, I haven't thought of yet or tried out. And you know what? That's the challenge. I'll go and try those different things and see how it goes. But just like a PLN can help me and help, help you um, on Twitter, you can help them too. So there's reciprocity mm -hmm. there. So you can give ideas and strategies and tools and techniques as well as they, they can provide them to you too. So it's a great conversation. It's... Um, and we'll say it is like drinking from a fire hose. So find some hashtags or categories that you're passionate about and want to want to dive in deeper with and find those and search those out. Find people that are gonna that are gonna challenge you and encourage you and support you. Because um, just like with any other social media, there's good and bad on it too. So I encourage I encourage you to find people that are going to be your tribe and find them. And and they're out there and they may they yeah yeah it's fantastic a PLN it's fantastic <laughs> everybody needs one they need to start today and get one <laughs> for sure for sure and I'll, I'll add that the relationships there's an ebb and flow mm -hmm. so there may be a group of people that for three months you're communicating on a regular basis and then all of a sudden it seemed like they disappeared now they're still on Twitter but for some reason you're just not connecting the same way you were before and be okay with that. Right. Because you know, that especially if your purpose is on Twitter is to gain this information, if they're still tweeting and you're still getting those resources, cool. Uh, but under, but don't feel offended. I guess I want to tell people because the first couple of times happened to me, I'm like, what happened? You know, uh, is the relationship over or something? Mm -hmm. uh, but I said, look, I, I don't know these people for real. Uh, like th these are people that I'm learning and growing with professionally. So I'm still gaining the resources. 
everything is cool. Everything is cool. So just because we may not be interacting the same way, that's fine. Um, and also unfollow or block when necessary. You know, when people start messing with your peace and your purpose and they no longer serve a benefit to you, let them go. And be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to to build upon that, um, when you're in your school or your district, sometimes you need to reach out beyond your walls to find people to support and encourage you. And Twitter can be that place for you if you need it. If you feel like you're the only one on your island doing your thing, there are other little islands on Twitter that you guys can all connect to and and find find and share with each other it i mean twitter is a fantastic fantastic resource for teachers of any any grade level subject area experience level whatever it may be twitter is the place to go because people are there and they're ready to help you excellent excellent so in edumagic you tell teachers to always be prepared and i love the example that i read in the book and when i work with teachers I really like to build their capacity when I work with them and coach them up and not just here's a tool, that a tool, because as you mentioned in the book, the reality is when you are working with a a tool and sometimes that tool is heavily dependent on the internet and you get there and internet is down or, you know, seven of the 25 Chromebooks you have in your room are connected to the internet and then the other ones aren't, what do you do next? Or Google down, so you can't use Google Apps. So what's next? Teachers who can't adapt will freak out because put more lesson around this. Uh, so I try to work with teachers to have that mindset of, it's cool, that didn't work. Wow, I'm good right here. Um, how does a teacher, a pre-service teacher in particular, develop that sort of comfort level with technology to be able to make that change on a whim? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it's about using different types of tools so you have a backup plan that may not be internet dependent if you're using a technology tool that requires the internet to connect. Um, I think it's all about coming up with a backup plan, A, B, C, all the way down to Z, and be okay with messing up, and it's okay if it doesn't work. You can try it again tomorrow. You can try it again the next week if you see your students on a weekly basis. I think it's just being okay that no one is perfect, there's no perfect lesson, and that technology it, it might, it just might not work that day and that's okay. So just being okay with that. So sometimes whenever I was, um, teaching um, K to 12, I would work with the smart board and it would get um, the calibration would be off or the internet would be down. And I'd be like, oh, you know what, guys, the smart board has attitude today. We just can't use it. And you know what? That's okay. We can try it again tomorrow. We can try it again next period or something. But having a backup plan that maybe not be internet dependent, they can maybe do it on paper or pencil. Like if you have them doing um, an exit tweet instead of actually tweeting out online, having them put it on a piece of paper and sticking it to the door as they as they head on out. I mean, just trying to be able to have some other ideas in your head or in your back pocket that are ready to go, so you're not you're not deer in the headlights freaking out when the internet's not working because it will happen and that's okay. And just be just be okay with it now. <laughs> yes, it will happen. And then that's when my phone blows up 
this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. I'm like, damn. <laughs> had to send an email out. It is down, people. It is down. Let me <laughs> go. What is your call to action for pre-service teachers who feel overwhelmed or unsure of their place in the digital classroom? So I would say my call to action is be brave. You have things to share, ideas and strategies, tools and techniques that you're learning about that we all want to know about. Share them. Share them often. Question. Ask questions to the community. Um, you have ideas that are so valuable and you have a voice and we want to hear it. So basically share it and don't be afraid. There will be people out there that are going to support you and encourage you. And, and just share your voice, share your story, share your teaching journey. We want to hear about it. Mm. That is all right, people. Thank you, Dr. Fessich, for coming Thank on the show. You. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. I'm honored. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of it. You're welcome. Look, y'all make the show. I'm just a dude with a Zoom. <laughs> That's all I am. Um. I want to throw this out there to you because we're, we're talking about edu magic and these questions came from the book. When and where can people buy it? Oh, sure. So um, it's coming, it's in pre-order now and you can get that from the edu match website. And if you want to sing the theme song again, that'd be so cool. Um, so it could be on the edu match website for pre-orders um, on August 29th. It officially launches in paperback and Kindle on Amazon. So check it out. It's, I'm pretty excited. It'll be awesome. Excellent. People, on the post when this thing goes out, and this is going out very, very soon, you will be able to not only learn more about Dr. Fessich and how to connect with her on Twitter, but I'm going to have that link there so you can get your click on, get your pre-order, get your order on, people, and pick up the book, read it. And there's great things in there, even if you are a veteran teacher, there are things in there that you can read and make you even, you know, reflect upon your own uh, journey of where you are as an educator. Uh, so again, I would like to thank Dr. Fetches for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. People, you know how I do this. The video cast is going up on YouTube. I need you to subscribe, leave your comments, the podcast is going up on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow, subscribe, leave your comments, leave some feedback. Give me a rating, people, because your boy is trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I am doing big things around here. As always, people, invest in you. EDU. Peace.